Hello! Welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children, the podcast where I share the recordings of the bedtime stories I've created for my children over the years. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. In today's story, we return to find Rebecca Rachida and Diana the Stickapod, who have agreed to help Fliberty Gibbet rescue their friends. But before they can rescue them, they have to find them. I hope you enjoy the story. After the story, stay tuned for a preview of the new Kids Listen Mashups podcast that Stories for Wonderful Children has participated in. Now, you may be wondering, as Liberty Gibbet and Rebecca Richita and Theodore and Diana were, what happened to all those people who disappeared? What happened to Flip Flop and Vanilla? And the tickling wool. Well, they didn't find out for a little later. But I'll tell you right now, Winella had gone to sleep normally that night. But when she woke the next morning, she realized immediately that she was not in her room. Instead, she was in a cage that was hanging from the ceiling of a vast ice cave. The cage was made out of very thick, hard ice. It was very cold. She shivered as she woke up. She was glad she had worn her extra thick nightgown the night before. She looked around and quickly realized she could see goblins everywhere and sanguins flying back and forth through the air of the ice cave. She could also see scattered frost fairies in their ice armor. And way down at the end of the cave, she could see a throne made of ice. She then looked around her cage. She could see that the door was secured by a very complicated lock. There were rows of numbers from one to ten. And there were ten rows of them. And she figured that if she pressed the right number in each row, that the lock would open and she would be able to get out. She started thinking about it. She was, after all, a very clever little girl, and she wanted to think of a way out of the cage. While she was thinking, she looked around. She could see... There was a lock on the cage? Mm-hmm. She oh, could see the... other cages suspended from the ceiling of the ice cave. And when she squinted, she could see that in one of the cages... It looked like there was a tickling wolf. In another cage, it was very far away. She thought she might see flip-flop. And in a very small cage that was really too far away for her to be sure, she thought there was some sort of fairy. It was there was something else on the far side of the cave. There were rows of cages with some sort of animal in them that she did not recognize. What did they look like? They were they were pretty far away, so she couldn't be sure. But they were mostly sort of a light brown color. The cages that they were in looked different. They didn't look like just ordinary ice. They each had sort of a, a glow around them. So Winella thought that perhaps there was something magical about them. As she looked around more, she realized that there was something rather strange going on down below which is that from time to time, a frost fairy would just disappear. And as she watched, 
other times she would see frost fairies just appearing again. And she thought that this was very curious. Appearing again with what? Well, it wasn't necessarily the same frost fairy. It was just sometimes they just appeared out of thin air. And Winella thought that this was very curious because she had been dealing with frost fairies for quite some time. And she had never known them to have the power of invisibility. And she had never known them to be able to just appear in one place or disappear in one place and appear in another the way a messenger cat would. This is very strange, thought Winella. I wonder where they've gotten all these new powers and such a large gathering of them. She began to think. Did she find Jack Frost there? She began to think about what it was she needed to do. She thought about the lock. She knew there were too many numbers for her to just be able to guess. But she thought that whoever put her into the cage must have opened that lock and that they must have left fingerprints of some kind. So if she looked very carefully at the lock, maybe she could see which numbers had fingerprints on them. When she just looked at it, it didn't work, but then she got an idea. She lifted the lock and breathed on it. And when she breathed on it, her breath froze on the numbers. Like the frost from her breath, the water mist from her breath. Yeah. And when it froze, she could see that some of the numbers looked different. She quickly memorized what the numbers were. After she had memorized those numbers, she sat down in the cave and thought for a while. Cage? Right, in the cage, in the cave. Well, about the time that Winella was doing all these things, Diana and Rebecca Regita were sitting in the clubhouse of their swing set in the backyard with the map of everything. Rebecca had begun to unfold the map and had quickly discovered that they had a problem. The map of everything had, well, everything on it. And so it was enormous. She had only unfolded the first couple layers of it when it had already taken up the entire floor of their clubhouse. So she folded it back up, and they took it down into the yard and began to unfold it. And Diana got on one side, and Rebecca got on the other, and they unfolded, and they unfolded, and they unfolded until the map had covered the whole yard, and there was still map that hadn't been unfolded yet. And they looked at each other and said, well, let's look and see if we can find where the frost fairies live in any part of this. They started out looking at all the parts of their world. They looked at North America, they looked at South America. They looked at Africa and Asia and Europe. They looked at Antarctica. Rebecca said, hey, look, there's the Elysium. Diana came over to see, and she could see that, yes, indeed, if you looked carefully at the map, part of the map that had Antarctica on it, you could see a little round circle where the Elysium was that was marked. But although they looked over the entire world, they did not see where the frost fairies live. So they're going to have to look then at other worlds. they began to look at other worlds. They started with Fairyland, although Rebecca was quite sure that Winella had told her that since she had recreated the Wand Elder and destroyed Everest, there were no frost fairies in Fairyland. But they looked through it anyway, but they did not see a spot where frost fairies lived. 
Then they looked at Neverland. And they looked at the islands around Neverland. They could not find it. So then they folded that part of the map back up and unfolded a different part. And there they saw another world. And Rebecca said, oh, this looks promising. The world was labeled the Netherworld. And there was a little notation next to the Netherworld that said, here lie evil beasties. And they found the land of the wyverns. What are wyverns? Wyverns are sort of like small, mean dragons that can't fly. They found... So they look a little bit like lizards? Yeah, a little bit. They found the land of the talking snakes. And then when they looked down south at the south pole of the netherworld, they saw a land of frost and snow. And it was labeled hoarfrost. And next to hoarfrost was a notation that said in parentheses, the land of the frost fairies. What was the name of it? Hoarfrost. Rebecca, Richita, and Diana looked at each other and they said, yay! There it is. Now we know. They folded the map back up except for the part of the map that showed the netherworld. And then they waited for a couple minutes. They didn't have to wait real long when Theodore appeared. A slight popping sound. He said, So, have you found where you must go? And Diana Yes. Diana said, We have. We have to go to Horfrost. And Rebecca said, it's in the netherworld. Theodore frowned. He said, oh, that's a problem. Messenger cats can't go to the netherworld. You can't, said Rebecca. Why not? Well, said Theodore, messenger cats can go any place where a cat's paw highway has been built. But Flippity-Chippet has tried to extend the cat's paw highway into the netherworld. But there are many powerful beings in the netherworld, and they do not want the cats to be able to come there. So, they have destroyed the cat's paw highway, and I cannot go there. This is terrible, said Rebecca. How are we supposed to get there? How are we supposed to find out where the frost fairies have taken our friends? If we can't get there, isn't there any way? I will go and ask for Liberty Gibbet, said Theodore, and see if he has a way that we may go. So, the girls sat down to wait. While they were sitting and waiting, and while they had been having their map and their conversation, night had come to Horfrost and to the cave where Manella hung in her cold cage. There were still singlins patrolling and goblins, but there were not as many of them, and they did not seem all that attentive, assuming that those in the cave could not escape. Manella quickly pressed in the numbers that she had memorized earlier, and to her satisfaction, the lock sprung open. She grabbed tightly to the edge and sort of flipped herself down so that she was hanging and then dropped as quietly as she could to the floor of the cave. 
It was then that she noticed something rather peculiar. The cave, as far as she could tell, had no entrance. The sanguins and the goblins and the frost fairies that were appearing and disappearing in the cave were not coming in through an entrance. They were just appearing. Great. Oh, no. How am I supposed to get out? She decided that the best thing to do next would be to check on the inhabitants of the other cages. The tickling wolf was closest. As she snuck towards him, she could hear him laughing. And as she got close, she could see that the frost fairies had tied him up in such a way that his paws were under his own armpits. And so he was continually tickling himself. And so he was laughing so hard that he could not answer her. He could not escape. Then she snuck to where Ray was. And Ray had had some sort of looked like snowball stuffed in her mouth so that she could not sing or make any noise. And so she just shook her head when Onella got close. Onella snuck back behind an ice boulder and looked around. She still did not see a way out of the cave, but she had snuck closer to where the giant throne was. And although she, she did not recognize the frost fairy on the throne, she could read, written at the top of the throne, and a name. It said, Queen Shiver. Shiver, said Renal. I wonder who that is. I haven't heard of that frost fairy. I didn't even know they had a queen. This is new. I wonder if the fact that she's queen has anything to do with their new powers. Looking around the cave, she could see that there, she did not think there was any way she could get to Flip-Flop without being spotted. However, she did think that she might be able to sneak around the edge of the cave and to get close to get a better look at the animals that were in the cages. So she began to sneak quietly. At one point, she had to lay down completely flat and throw snow over herself when a patrol of sanguins flew overhead so that they would not spot her. And at another point, about halfway around the cave, she came across a set of ice armor that did not have a frost fairy wearing it. And although it was very cold to put it on, she went ahead and put it on in the hopes that if she were spotted, they might be confused enough by her frost armor to mistake her for a frost fairy. She successfully snuck around the edge the cave. Close enough to one of the cages, the animal inside it was small and furry. It looked very sad. Winella wondered if it was a talking sort of animal. And so she reached down and getting a little bit of snow, she made it into a small snowball, just about this big. Not big enough that it was likely to be spotted, but big enough that she could throw it. And she waited until a group of goblins passed by. She stood up and threw it at the cage of the closest little animal. And she ducked back down except for just her eyes. The animal turned and looked with sad eyes at her. And then it spoke. It said, Why do you torment us, Frost Fairy? Is the fact that you have captured all of us not enough to make you happy? 
Manella realized that she had confused the animal with her frost armor. So she ducked down behind the frost boulder again, the ice boulder, and took off the frost armor. She stood up and said, No, I'm not a frost fairy. Can you tell me? Where are we and what are you? Oh, said the animal. Yes, I and all of my friends here are stupendous woofles. Stupendous woofles, said Winona. That sounds vaguely familiar. Where have I heard that name before? The stupendous woofle looked at her and said, We have the power to teleport from place to place. But the frost fairies with their queen shiver attacked us and captured us, and now they are using these cages to steal our powers. With our power to teleport from place to place, no one can stop them or protect themselves against them. Oh, said Vanilla, this must be how they captured me. And flip-flop. Just then, she heard something that she did not want to hear. It was the sound of a frost fairy saying, Hey, you there, how did you get out of your cage? Vanilla had only a few seconds. She knew she was going to get zapped with an ice wand at any moment. And so she did the first thing that she could think of. She picked up the biggest rock that she could find. And in one fluid movement, she threw it as hard as she could at the cage holding the stupendous woofle. As the rock left her hand, she felt the ice wand hit her, freeze her solid. But as she fell to her side, to the ground, unable to move, she was smiling inside as she saw the rock fly through the air and with perfect aim hit the stupendous woofle's cage, shattering it. In less than an instant, the stupendous woofle disappeared. Manella hoped very much as the frost fairies carried her back to her cage and put, this time, an ordinary old lock that required a key on her cage. She hoped very much that the stupendous woofle would make good use of its freedom. Back in their backyard, Rebecca and Diana were sitting next to their map, thinking. They had been thinking for quite some time, waiting for Theodore to come back, when they heard a popping sound behind them. And they turned, expecting to see Theodore. But they did not see Theodore. What they saw was a small, fuzzy animal, about this big, with soft brown eyes and soft fur. It looked at them and said, Are you Winella's friends, Diana and Rebecca Richita? We are, they said. Allow me to introduce myself, the small animal said. My name is Elia, and I'm a stupendous woofle, and I think that perhaps we can help each other. And tomorrow night, I will tell you about how Rebecca Richita and Diana and Elia, the stupendous woofle, went to Horfrost and what they did there. Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's story, but questions and witty commentary were supplied by my children. The music was created by Brandon Thompson. Your reviews and personal recommendations are the main way that new listeners find the show, so thank you for spreading the word. 
I'd love to hear your feedback, so feel free to get in touch via email or social media, which are listed in the show notes. Until next time, I'm Dan Wendelin, reminding you to tell someone you love a story. Hey, kids listening. Want to know what we've cooked up for you? Where to start? (laughs) We introduce you to mashups. We're going to bring in some Kids Listen podcasts and mash them up for you. That is bananas. But how will we mash them up? Ooh. We'll start with some introductions and end with something more personal. I, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. And in the middle, we'll play some games. Inside. inside. Oh, outside. Have you seen a frog's ears, Polly? What, have you? <laughs> no, I think they're on the inside. Some of these games will be turned into stories. Hello. Oh, uh, uh, yes, uh, hello. Oh, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got to use my, got to use my fierce voice. <clears throat> There's quite the variety of topics. Food, history. That's a fun fact. Podcasts that talk about our kids' future. If it was D, I'd straight away go for deforestation. Mindfulness. Today is going to be great. The news. I never want to hear the name Jacuzzi again. (laughs) I mean, it sounds like we're set up for a really great, amazing day now, so. That'll be the first day of spring, Sunday, March 20th.